Hello, everyone, and welcome into Locked On Suns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, you can follow us on Twitter over at Locked On PHX Suns. You can follow me, Brendan, co host for today. Evan is uh, out with some illness. He'll be back next week. But you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. We have a special guest today who wrote about the Suns recently. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Bernuka. That is his name. He's a contributor over at Fansided, where you can find the piece he wrote about Elia Kobo, kind of recapping the rookie's performance at Summer League. And uh, he's a great Eurohoops follow with how many Suns connections there are to overseas basketball at this point. But we'll dive right into it. Andrew, uh, just give me give me what you were expecting from Okobo going into Summer League. And uh, give me, you know, how that might have changed now that you've seen him really get into an NBA environment for the first time. Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be on here. Always happy to talk about Okobo. Um, I was super high on him heading into the draft. Um, you know, I'll be completely, you know, straightforward with this. I don't watch enough college basketball to safely say this. But I was, it was my opinion that he was the best point guard prospect in this draft. That's, you know, depending on how you define Doncic. You know, if you're kind of calling him point guard, point forward type thing and you want to throw him in that point guard class, then he's not ahead of that. But I was crazy high on Okobo. You know, thought, I honestly feel like, you know, he might turn out to be a better player than Frankie. Uh, maybe Dennis Smith Jr., that area. Again, you know, he's got really high floor ceiling fluctuation right now. Um, but I know that going into summer league, he was super locked in. Uh, one of the journalists I talked to over in France, who's been covering him for a little bit and talks to him a lot, said like, as soon as he got drafted by the Suns, it was like first thought on his mind was like, let's hit summer league hard, let's hit training camp hard, you know, let's let's get the ball rolling. He was ready right out the gate, and it showed. You know, he played really well in that first game, kicked off things well, showed his vision showed his ability to hit some tough shots. You know, he hit that one, I think, with, like, the shot clock winding down for an and one, a three. Um, found a backdoor cutter. And really, that's just, you know, I know it caught a lot of people off guard because they didn't watch him in France last year. But to me, that was just, you know, business as usual for Okobo. Uh, ever since I watched him, and mainly since the halfway point in the season, he got a new coach in France. And it's really, it's really tough overseas for a coach to let a young player just kind of let go. You know, coaches as a whole are looking for more experience. There's a lot more pressure on winning over there. Guys get fired for no reason whatsoever. You know, it's only, I would probably say it's more ruthless than the NBA with how coaches get fired. So, you know, turning over to the reins to a 20-year-old, no matter how good he is, it's a big risk. And But he got to do that for the second half of the season, and that was when he started playing his best basketball. Um, that was when he picked it up. He finished the season averaging uh, just south of 14 points and uh, five assists a game, and he also shot like 42% from deep. Um, and there was a game to open the playoffs. They were the bottom seed, and they were on the road against number one, uh, uh, Monaco. And right before the game, Monaco's point guard, Aaron Kraft, got Defensive Player of the Year. He got the trophy. And then Okobo put them up for 44 points on the road. They lost. They lost by two. But... That was, I mean, 40-point games in Europe were almost like 60-point games in the NBA. They just don't happen. 40-minute games, slower pace, not a lot of guys who could really shoot and score the basketball like that. Most guys who can have the outburst play in the NBA um, or in China, which is a whole different discussion. 
So, you know, when I when people were like, wow, this Okobo guy can play, you know, look at him in summer league. I'm really impressed by him. I mean, I was just ready for it. I was just like, yeah, like, you know, I saw that coming. Wait until you people see him in the league. Yeah, one of the things that the Suns staff pointed to really throughout the whole process, I, I was randomly, I only went to maybe two or three of the draft workouts, but one of the ones that I made it over to was Akobo's, and uh, that was what they pointed to immediately, the assistant GM, Pat Connolly, that 44-point that game. I think that's really what turned people's heads in general over here, um, you know, to hear his name and know who he was at all. But then you hear the Suns tell it after after the draft when they obviously snagged him at 31, surprisingly, even how late he came onto the scene that he was able to, to fall that far to, uh, like you kind of write about in the piece, a team that really needed a point guard. And, and Ryan McDonough took the, took the podium, and I think that he was maybe not quite as high as you would say you were with having him as one of the absolute best point guards in the entire class. But he made it clear that the Suns valued him much higher than 31, and uh, they weren't planning, I don't think, on bringing a guy in for every draft pick they had, but that's what ended up happening, and I think Okobo's a big reason why. Um, one of the other things that they pointed to that I wanted to ask you about uh, is that, you know, you mentioned the coaching change. Was that really the first time that he had played point guard? That that seems to be the, the story is that he, he part of the reason that he's so appealing now is because he wasn't really playing the position until really recently. Yeah, yeah, he really wasn't uh, the first half of the season for the better part of it. You know, he wasn't kind of trusted to run the offense you know, consistently be the primary ball handler and, and take control. And like I said, it's just an era of it's an inexperienced thing. It's very rare, especially a point guard, you know, for a coach to, to take a player that young and just let him loose. Um, really never happens. So, yeah, that definitely, that is what probably led to his outburst. You know, the 44-point game is definitely what caught people's attention. You know, I wrote a piece that, yeah, if it wasn't for Doncic in this class, he probably would have been much higher on draft boards. But I mean, Doncic just made the gap so big between the next international player that it was like you know you weren't really watching anybody else international. It was like, all right, either I'm getting this guy or I'm picking a college player. And in other draft classes, it's not like that. You know, it's usually a few of them bunched up in like mid to late lottery stages, and then the draft dash guys that are like late first round and second. Um, and Okobo fell in that second group mainly because Doncic just took all the hype and all the attention top five and that's why I mean the Suns steal at 31 from what I heard from a, a source in the league was I mean they were McDonough was really considering taking him at 16 I mean that was in his mind he was he was into Okobo and he was considering that but you know then they basically found out hey like we could trade for Bridges they went that route, and they decided to roll the dice and see if he would get there at 31, and he did. And it's just going to be a huge score for them for the future. I think him and Booker are going to be a really exciting backcourt, and I'm, especially based on who played point guard for the Suns last season after Bledsoe got traded, you know, going between Mike James, Tyler Tyler Ulis. I mean, he's no matter what he does, he's going to be a huge step up, going to make fans happy. For sure. I, it kind of makes you wonder thinking through the calculus of what that trade ended up being with Bridges and Zaire Smith for the um, and then the, the 2021 Miami pick you wonder if 
part of the way we need to factor that trade based on what you're saying is that uh, they probably had it at least decently comfortable. You know, we also heard after the draft that the reason a lot of other teams were hesitant to pull the trigger on him is because they actually wanted him to stay overseas. They didn't have the room for him on the roster. They didn't want to give him the playing time. So uh, that is an interesting angle of the, the 16 for 10 trade that ended up happening too. But I agree with what you're saying as far as how Okobo will fit with Booker. Um, actually, that's that's where I was headed next. And I know it's it's hard even just considering how young he is, but even harder considering how much change you're describing that he had to go through over the course of the season. But he looks the part of a, of a potentially solid, versatile defender. I mean, is it too early to even know with him and you just have to judge it based on the body? Do you have any sorts of impressions about his defense so far? No, yeah, okay, so you can, um, the physical frame, you're 100%, I mean, he has NBA frame, that was one of the best things about him as a prospect, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Jean and Musa, who was the second international player picked, you know, the concern with him was that negative wingspan, very thin, you know, I know he can score, but is he going to be able to stay in front of anybody in the NBA? You know, Alexi Shved, super talented player, very frail, couldn't consistently create a shot in the NBA, because he might be athletic, but you look at Okobo, and I mean, there are people, you know, I'm sure casual fans who, when you tell them, like, oh, yeah, that guy's from France, they're like, what? No, yeah, you know, yeah. he doesn't look like a European player. Um, and that's what helps him out um, defensively initially. But watching him throughout the season, his closeouts were solid. You know, his reaction time in those situations was great. He's really good at picking up on a player's first step. His rotations are decent for his age. I mean, he's 20. You know, they're not going to be excellent. And he's certainly going to have to make some adjustments in the NBA especially in the pick and roll the first few times. You know, the first time somebody like, you know, Rudy Gobert sets a screen on him, he's really going to be shook. <laughs> there's really not many guys <laughs> that size set screens like that in the NBA. Maybe he'll go easy the since there's screens. the national connection. I mean, maybe Gobert's not the best example. He might he might uh, yeah, 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 let yeah. him have one. But. Maybe, maybe, maybe not Gobert, right, French, French. But, uh, you know, Aldridge or somebody, a big body yeah, like yeah, that. Exactly. Green. Yeah, exactly. He's going to get slammed, uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, those are going to catch him off guard, but I think, especially, you know, playing for, like, Kokoskov and, you know, if the Suns are able to, down the road, add some veteran players, you know, like Ariza right now who played in that switch-everything scheme with the Rockets, if he isn't just there to kind of, you know, chill out and collect that check, if he takes his role seriously and really tries to cheer those young guys, especially on the defensive end, Okobo could definitely be an impactful, you know, NBA defender one day, even as a point guard. Yeah, I think that, you know, the more you think about the Suns roster, you, you mentioned Ariza, who was obviously really sort of a focal point for the Rockets defense last year. And then, you know, I have we have no idea what to make of Brandon Knight, and we'll leave that discussion for a different day. But, um, you know, I think a lot of the way to maximize DeAndre Ayton's value as well is, is to switch on defense. At least early in his career, I think that's going to be the most successful path for value on that end for him. So... You know, you, you start to piece it together, and it definitely seems like that's going to be at least how they try to play, and that can be that can bring its own challenges, especially when you have so many young players who, you know, off-ball switching and, and things like that that really can take that system to another level that young guys might not be able to play. But like you said, Ariza and some of the other veterans, Jared Dudley, Tyson Chandler, can can at least help as a mentor in that regard. But I mean, I guess you, you mentioned Kokoshkov and. 
kind of talking more larger philosophies for the sons at this point anyway. So why don't we just transition over to him? Um, uh, there was a lot made of the fact that he was the first internationally born NBA head coach. And I think that's been covered Which enough. Which is a big deal. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, you want to say that. that's a really big deal. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I think it is. It definitely kind of blew over because I think the Suns wanted to frame it as like, you know, we think this guy's worthy of the job regardless. But yeah, I mean, the, what, what's the, the guy that, that Toronto interviewed this summer? He seems like one of the next candidates. Uh, Darunis, yes, and Kevishis. Yeah, there's a there's a few guys over in Europe who are, you know, linked to the NBA every now and then. Yes, and Kevishis got an interview. That was that was definitely a, a surprise. But, yeah, you know, the Kukoskov was also an assistant for ages. Exactly. Know? I yeah. think that's what makes it a lot easier. You know, Blatt just making that jump instantly from EuroLeague to the NBA. As much as I love Blatt, you could tell he wasn't ready for the media. He wasn't ready to coach in a league that was dictated by players. You know, all that. Kokoskov, he's been around the block for a while. You know, he's he's kinda, he's way more prepared for all that stuff than guys who are coming directly over from Europe. Yeah, what did you see from him? Obviously, his, his really, the, the step forward he made that I think put him on to head coaching circles as far as he was bound to get an interview eventually was the performance he and his team had at, at Eurobasket last year. I mean, what were your impressions from him? That was also, you know, Luka Doncic is kind of stepping onto the scene, but they were, you know, from everything I've heard, I watched here and there last year, but that was a complete surprise. I mean, what were your reactions as it was happening? Yes. Um, Slovenia was everybody, we all, all the people who, you know, pay attention to European groups, we knew they were going to, they were going to be pretty good. They were going to give the big teams a scare at some point, you know, but we thought maybe they could grab like bronze medal, you know, make the semis. Um, that was kind of like their ceiling, even with Doncic and Dragic. And then Kokoskov's offensive scheme just maximized those two guys so much that no other team in the tournament had anything to match it. France couldn't match it. Spain couldn't match it. Um, Latvia couldn't match it. Lithuania couldn't match it. None of them. And it was mainly what he does. Excuse me. Is he? He basically just takes his two most skilled players on the ball, usually perimeter players, with Slovenia it was uh, Doncic and Dragic and, you know, with the Sun it'll probably be Booker and, and maybe Okobo at times, you know, who knows. Um, and they just run a lot of pick and roll, you know, where they space the floor, or they run five outsets and just let them isolate, and it worked so well just because nobody could stay in front of Dragic or even if they did have a favorable matchup they just moved the ball along to Doncic and then he got to run the show and, and no no team had two elite perimeter defenders that could stop that and I wrote uh, before the draft I did a series on how Doncic fits with uh, you know like all the teams draft, drafting in the top five and I think I had the Suns fit ranked third I was really high on the Grizzlies fit I was really high on the Mavericks fit but I still liked um, the Suns fit going forward. Them and the Hawks were kind of close, but I liked it mainly because Kokoskov would have just been doing the same thing with Doncic and Booker that he did with Dragic and Doncic at Eurobasket. He would have just been basically just throwing them the ball on offense and saying, all right, pick and roll ISO. I trust you guys to create. And it looks like he'll be doing the same with Okobo, probably not as much because he's going to be young and, and make mistakes. Um, but, you know, Okobo just... 
he's going to get to show out because of it. You know, running pick and rolls with Aiton, he's going to get to throw lobs to a guy who has athletic ability that, you know, he's never been able to throw lobs to before. And he's never had a player where it's just, yeah, if you throw the ball in the vicinity of the rip, he's going to catch it and dunk it. Yeah. And he's also a great floor spacer. He's such he's so solid as a spot-up shooter and coming off screens that when Booker goes into isolation and pick and roll, teams aren't going to be able to help off of him. If they leave him, I mean, he's just going to light them up. He's going to have 40-point games again. So his fit with Kokoskov's system and what he runs is, is going to be beautiful. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I think if it goes really well, I mean, the Suns are just going to look at Okobo and Booker and say, yeah, we've got our backcourt for the future. We're pretty set. Yeah, I, I think the the big thing that is still a work in progress as far as maximizing the way that Kokoskov's going to want to play and, you know, I think he's, he's done a good job with, not to say lesser players, but, you know, a guy like Gordon Hayward, a guy like Donovan Mitchell wouldn't be considered in the same breath as the scorers that they ended up performing at the same level as in their respective, you know, breakout seasons. Obviously, Hayward sustained that for a while, but, you know, he does so much before those guys even get the ball. That's what really excites me. Booker's had to do a lot of here's the ball, go to work, in the past, and I'm just excited about, you know, he's going to have probably a little bit better spacing, although that's still a problem for this roster, but he's just, it just seems like Kokushkov finds ways to get guys in motion, get them in in rhythm before they're even getting the ball, and then like you said, I mean, you you get a player like Booker, Dragic, Doncic, those types of players that are matchup problems just the minute they walk on the court. It's just he makes that kind of system exciting, which is rare. Cause I mean, I don't love watching James Harden pound the ball, but something about the way Kokoshkov does it, it's just like, it, it flows so much better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, the Rockets are, you know, a great comparison and not something Suns fans should be look, looking at. <laughs> I want to point that out right now. They shouldn't be looking at Okobo and Booker immediately as Chris Paul, James Harden, <laughs> but you know, we're used to seeing along those lines. we're used to seeing the the worst side of things. I think from the most part here in Phoenix, so I don't think anyone is <laughs> expecting enough. that yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but you know, like I said, Okobo's isolation game in France, you know, overseas, it was decent in the NBA. I think he's going to have a serious adjustment period, even with how weak some point guards are defensively. You know, I think help defense and stuff like that is going to catch him off guard the, the first couple of times. Um, but I just can't imagine how, how relieved Booker is going to be, you know, when, like, he breaks down his guy and he kicks the ball out and, like, Okobo hits a three. And he's, it's just going to feel – he's just going to be having, you know, like, every time he does it, especially in the early stages, he's have nightmares and flashbacks of kicking that ball out to Mike James or Tyler Eulis <laughs> and just being like, oh, man, I know why they left him open. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Okobo's not going to be like that. When teams leave him open, he's going to be excited. He's going to be like, wow, you're paying for this. And, you know, he's going to have more options like that. He'll have it in Ariza. Um, Bender can still space the floor. You know, so, yeah, spacing is still something of an issue for Phoenix, but it is definitely, at the moment, better than it was last season. Yeah, and, and they got Bridges, too, in the same draft. He's going to help. He'll probably yeah. play right away. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, one of the – I was in Vegas, and one of the more fun – that first game, just, I mean, the surprise factor, I think, in general – 
I, I was high on him too. I, from what I watched, what I was able to to see and and listen to other people who knew more, like you, talk about was like, okay, well, you know, this guy's going to be able to score, and um, I just still wasn't expecting it to happen right away. So that was really fun. I mean, he plays with so much just confidence, swagger, like to his detriment occasionally in summer league he had some bad turnovers trying to go behind the back and some fancy stuff like that but yeah i mean you nailed it on the head like when you compare it to mike james isaiah cannon tyler Eulis, it's like there's nowhere to go but up but it's not just that it's it's this guy really does look promising and uh yeah i mean we can transition to now to speaking of summer league um kind of close with <laughs> maybe some optimism i'm i'm pretty high on dragon bender um, and he's obviously the kind of last son that has that international connection, former number four overall pick. Fans know the whole story. They love to uh, follow that negatively. People do not like Bender in Phoenix. But what is, uh, what's your impression of him, Ben, translating from Maccabi Tel Aviv to the NBA over the past you know, two, two and a half seasons? Here's, here's what I'll say uh, about Bender. Uh, his, his struggles in the NBA – are of you know part of it is injuries um part of it is obviously talent it always is but a lot of it is is not his fault um he got stuck in that you know highest ranked international prospect in his class area and that's what led to him going top five i was that draft was basically right around when i really started to lock in on european hoops and whenever i watched bender i was like I see the potential that teams are talking about in this kid, but he is still really, really raw and way too raw to be a top five. Um, that was my opinion at the time. I felt he really could have benefited by going late lottery or even higher in the draft and getting stashed. You know, a team finding a, a club overseas that can play him regular minutes in the same role at night and really let him develop and flourish because when he came to the NBA, it was obvious his body wasn't ready physically it was obvious he wasn't there uh talent wise yet and it was obvious he wasn't there mentality wise yet you know and no offense to the Suns, but you know that's not the organization that you look at and say okay a young kid struggling with that let's throw him in phoenix they'll be able to help him out um he had to put up with a lot his first two seasons and it's definitely worn on him I still think he can become an NBA player. I'm not ready to give up on the guy. I mean, I won't give up on any international player. You know, I'll go to my grave that, you know, Alexi Shved is, is still ready to come over and show this league what's up. <laughs> um, but, you know, Hazonia is ready to come out, all that stuff. He's ready to unleash. So I'm, I'm still on Bender, and I think the Suns could potentially, you know, if Okobo and Booker do become this dynamic backcourt and Aiton becomes this elite center. I mean, Bender has a stretch four, whether he's off the bench providing a scoring punch, kind of like what Sarge does for the Sixers, or just kind of starting and spreading the floor for them in general. There's definitely a spot for him on that roster. And, you know, people who are talking about giving up on him or he's a bust or he's this or that, you know, give him, give him a chance to be with a team that has a positive outlook, has a positive fit for him, isn't embroiled in just, you know, all that controversy that the Suns roster was in and the organization was in, and they finally turned it around, or at least it looks like, you know, this past summer, don't want to speak too soon. Yeah, and fingers crossed. You know, let him, let him get in an environment like that and, and see what he does, because, you know, fit and environment is so much, especially for young players. I mean, it's everything. 
especially a guy coming over from overseas, I mean, moving to a whole new country to play basketball with all this pressure of being a top four pick. And, you know, you start having injury issues and you're not playing well and the team is doing poorly and the media is just trashing guys left and right. I mean, that's a lot for a 20, 21-year-old kid to handle. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't handle that right now. Exactly. <laughs> I definitely can't. Yeah, that's how, that's, that, that's like, how yeah, I think I'm, about it, I'm too. I'm going to be a garbage man or something. <laughs> exactly. You're like, I can't even remember to, like, wish my uncle happy birthday. This kid has to, like, you know, get to the gym every day and work hard and compete with the most incredible athletes on the planet. Yeah, it, it's it's that perspective does help yeah and I think like I said I think there's definitely a fit for him on that group he seems you know he makes open threes he's getting better at attacking guys off the catch after he knocks down some of those threes you know in Europe one of the things that was always enticing about him was he had you know decent passing vision out of the high post after he attacks guys off the catch so if those skills start to develop he's gonna he's gonna assimilate to that core really easily and again, he's got Kokoskov now, a coach who will no doubt believe in him being an overseas guy. will tell him, you know, hey, I got your back. We're going to find you minutes. There's a, definitely a spot for you in my system and on this roster. You know, so don't worry about what anybody else says. Don't don't worry about that. We have you going forward. Yeah, I do. I do feel like that connection is going to be helpful. I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think it's it's any veteran's responsibility to like go out of their way to to find a player that that's like has the you know the mentality of Bender he's clearly even watching him on the court you can tell at times he's in his own head and it's been a frustrating couple seasons I do think he's gotten more confident more aggressive as as his career has gone on but I, I think having Kakushkov there they're gonna you know really help one another I think I think Bender is somebody who's going to be able to implement a lot of the philosophies uh, just ball movement, player movement that Kokushka is going to try to put on this team, and I think that it'll go both ways. But you think about the coach too. I mean, you were mentioning the environment, and obviously, when Bender came in, the Suns were in a much much worse spot. Just every season, basically having another controversy with the player, but they had probably the worst coach in the entire NBA, one of the worst in in recent history. Yeah. It, it, that he and and you know and then he played in the G League and wasn't even he barely even had a rookie season, you know. So that's what I've been that's what I've been trying to hit home with people too. Is like this really was his rookie year and he's still so young. So I do think that's the the benefit of the Suns taking him at four is they were able to get him in their system and start to work on him at a much younger age. I mean he, he's basically the same age as a Kobo. So it's like. You think about it that way too it's he, he does have a ton of room to grow i don't think you're standing for him just because he's from from europe is too far off <laughs> yeah no and i mean you know like you were just saying like you know he never had a rookie season like this should be his rookie season like i said he should have been drafted later and stashed for two seasons somewhere where he would get minutes that team was not maccabi television i know not enough listeners are dedicated to discuss that so that's fine <laughs> but yeah he barely played that yeah, he needed he needed to go overseas and find a team and a de- at a decent level of competition that was going to give him run, you know, as a stretch forward, let him get familiar in the pick and roll, pick and pop, passing out of the high post, you know, and, and less wear and tear on his body than he gets in the NBA. And if he had had that and, like, he was coming over now, I would be so much more excited for him and so much more excited for the Suns in general, you know. But it's it is what it is, and... Like I said, I think around draft night and this summer, the Suns have made a lot of moves that have, you know, not a full 180 from where they're at, but pretty close 
And that makes you, when a team has a drastic turn like that, it makes you a lot more enthusiastic going forward for young prospects and their ability to develop and to develop and flourish. Yeah, I, w- I would add to just from my perspective. I mean, one one other thing to even further color what was uh, probably not ideal about his situation is obviously in that same draft, the Suns drafted another guy at his position with Marquise Chris, and that is okay. still yet to be figured out. Um, but yeah, I, I I do tend to agree with you that they've made a lot of the right moves. Um, since at least pretty much, you know, really I think that season is when things started to turn around because shortly, well, maybe not. They still had Earl Watson, but I agree. It's been it's been trending in the right direction, but to that end, I mean, I don't know. You said you don't watch a ton of college basketball, but DeAndre Ayton was inescapable. How do you feel like Bender – I mean, and you can even go so far as to say Kobo, or if you have thoughts on how he'll fit in with Kukushkov, just, like, thoughts on DeAndre Ayton and whether I am imagining you probably had Luka Doncic ahead of him, but how he fits in here and, and what, you know, what we know about the, the rest of the roster and what he'll be able to add or what he might subtract. Just, you know, he's, he's kind of the final piece for this Suns core here. What, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so... Like I said, I'm, I'm completely honest. I, I don't watch college basketball. What I watched of Aiden was, you know, his Draft Express video and Summer League. So fully embracing the NBA Twitter role, except I didn't finish it by firing off some takes about how he's going to be this or that. We appreciate it. I don't know enough about him to say that. <laughs> um, but I think from now what I've seen of him, you know, playing in Summer League and, and, you know, reading about him and listening to what other experts have said, uh, I think Bender could definitely fit pretty well with him. You know, maybe not the starting power forward, but a guy you bring off the bench because Bender could mix it up with him in high-low action and, you know, spread the floor when he start really congesting the middle when the Suns run pick and rolls with Aiden because they're going to have to cut off his dive for the rim. And then Bender can knock down open shots and, you know, eventually he'll catch. He'll catch that ball up there. And, you know, he'll be able to rip through and attack guys off the catch and then just throw easy soft lobs like you know Draymond's always throwing it to JaVale McGee and he could just lob it up there for eight to dunk it find him inside I think that fit going forward has some potential and then I think Okobo and Booker could be really awesome Uh, like I said Okobo you know spot up shooting is a really good NBA skill that he has right now but I mean he can make every pass out of the pick and roll he's not the elite pick and roll player Doc is but I mean, he's ready to run it at the NBA level after a few, you know, mistakes, a few forces that we saw in summer league. We're going to be there during his rookie year, but he can make that skip pass over the top to the wing. He can delay and draw both defenders in and throw that little bounce pocket pass to the big dive into the rim. He can drive and throw the left-handed lob for Aiton to catch it, or he can score out of it himself. If people just Aiton becomes too physically overpowering, and too, you know, too many defenders stay with him. So Okobo and Bender both are. T- players who I look at and from what I know on Aiden the, the fit is is definitely going to work you know I don't see many obstacles having to change a player's game having to change Kokoskov's system anything like that I think as a whole the three of them together plus Booker plus Ariza for at least this season um Dodge Jackson will be a little interesting uh but those guys definitely fit and gel together uh, from what I can see, and you know, I would bet on them being a really solid core for the Suns going forward. Yeah, I expect the offense, especially when you put that many pieces. I mean, 
we've we've said it a few times now like it has nowhere to go but up when you consider how much of a black hole point guard and really even I would say center war for the for the team last year so they, they address both of those needs in the draft though it seems like there's probably another move coming at point guard somewhere but uh, I, I do tend to agree with you that their 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 core especially from an offensive point of view stacks up pretty well to you know a lot of the rest of the league but uh, I appreciate having you on and uh, I, I'll say it again there the piece that that Andrew wrote over at, is over at fansided.com um, he's a contributor there those pieces I read a, a few of them I know I read the Suns one about Dontich's fit in Phoenix and any any questions you have from European hoops it'll be covered at fansided by Andrew so uh, we appreciate having you on and I'm sure if a Kobo mania strikes Phoenix we'll we'll bring you back yeah, uh, again, man, uh, really thanks for having me. I do want to just shout out one uh, brief Euro thing to Go for it. Or hoops thing here quickly, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a thing going on right now on Twitter. It's the National Hoops Draft. It's me and, like I think, like 20-some-odd other people. Uh, we all do a fantasy draft for players who didn't play in the M- and who didn't end the season on an NBA roster or who didn't play college basketball last season, so they at least played professional hoops. And we draft a whole team, 12 players, you know, 20-some-odd guys. It takes a couple weeks, you know. There's a guy who coordinates it with all the time zones and everything. But you want to follow it on Twitter and see some of the guys that I'm always talking about and going crazy about, uh, you just check out the hashtag International Hoops Draft 2. That's hashtag I-N-T-L Hoops Draft 2. Um, yeah, we're having a blast with that, and it's a really Sweet. big project with some other guys. So I just wanted to shout out and give them some credit. Yeah, for sure. That's fun. All right. So, again, thanks for having me, man. Happy to come on anytime, talk Euro stuff, whatever. Thank you again. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, we'll be back with everybody uh, here at Locked on Suns. Evan will be back come Monday. Uh, we'll have to get a little creative like we talked about with the off season. We have a few ideas, though. Obviously, the guests will keep coming. But, uh, yeah, check out Andrew's stuff, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hit you back on Monday. Thanks, guys.